listening to the Enneagram series, and today we're talking all about Enneagram Type 4. In fact, I have one of my best friends and real-life Enneagram Type 4 on the show to talk about her health journey and a deeper understanding of her Enneagram Type. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the show. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place where I believe you were made for living well, which makes the Enya Health series so practical. Because instead of chasing another idea of health, I'm helping to show you how to work with yourself to actually live it out. Because at the end of the day, health is inside of you. You don't need a new diet or a better program. You really just need to learn how to live that out. And that's what I love so much about the Enya Health series is instead of making all of this stuff, things that you have to do, like self-care, it becomes who you are. And when you can make health who you are, it becomes a part of your identity and something that you live. So I hope you're following along on this Enneagram series. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes, specifically the last one, where we talk more about the tips and tricks and hacks of an Enneagram type four and what that means to live healthy. Now today, we're interviewing one of my best friends and real-life Enneagram type four, Jasmine Hadges. She is an amazing soul, and in fact, she is a hairdresser, so it goes to show she's using her creative side as a career, but also to help everyone else around her, and she is truly a creative. I love spending time with Jasmine because as an Enneagram type four, they love to go to those deep places, or at least they aren't scared of it which makes talking about hard and difficult and big and exciting things so much more pleasant and maybe even an easier experience. In fact, Enneagram type fours just seem to have this natural way of pulling things out of you in a safe and sacred space. And so I know today we're going to have an amazing conversation with Jasmine as she shares some hurdles that she's faced with her health, some things that have worked, some new ideas, and really just understanding an Enneagram type four from an Enneagram four is so beneficial. So if you are a four, I hope you can relate to this and also learn from Jasmine. But I'd also love to know how has this information changed you and what has worked for you? If you don't mind, head on over to thelivingwell.com, check out the blog post, and leave a comment. Let me know what is working, what isn't working, what you need help with. And while you're there, don't forget to get the download. That's going to give you practical information to actually put this into action. It's 10 plus pages of journaling, of health tips, of practical application that I think can really transform your life. So make sure you check that out. And while you're there, don't forget to get a nourish planner. Honestly, it's something that can help you as a four so much as I specifically share how to take the nourish planner and use it in a way that works for you. Because this is not a one size fits all, but really learning how to work with your personality. So head on over there at The Living Well. You can get all of the information. But for now, let's get right to today's show and welcome Jasmine. Welcome to the show. Uh, my hairstylist, my beloved friend. I think you're also one of my counselors, <laughs> therapist. <laughs> Pretty much all the things when I sit down in your chair. <laughs> but thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I love talking to you all the time. So this is super fun to do this with you. 
Yeah, and today we are learning about Enneagram Type 4, and you are 4, and it's been so fun to learn about this. Just like a backstory, which I still like every time I think about Enneagram Type 4, (laughs) I think about coming to your chair and sitting down and apologizing for getting my hair done by someone else. (laughs) And I'm like, this is your craft. This is your art. I was so disrespectful because I just needed it done on my time. All all the things. Anyways, I'm like, now that I know type four, I totally know what that meant to you. (laughs) You know, yeah, that was so funny, but no worries. I think really as an unhealthy four, like maybe five years ago, It would have been a thing, but it totally wasn't. But I just love that you took note of that and noticed. (laughs) But yeah, no harm. You're always welcome back. Yeah, Yeah, uh, of course. Um, Anyways, you're an Enneagram type four. So I want you to give me a brief overview about the Enneagram four and what you love about it and what you struggle with. Oh, man. Well, I just have to preface this to say that I have loved learning about the Enneagram the last, like, six months to a year in general, because I didn't know I was a four before I knew I was a four. And there were so many like questions that I had about myself and so many things I struggled with that I couldn't even articulate. And I listened to a podcast once about the Enneagram four, and this was the headline. It said, you don't understand me. Even I don't understand me. And no truer (laughs) words have ever been said about a four. And it was so accurate. And so um, I just have loved learning about it because it's given me kind of more of a description of who I am before I even knew that there was one. And so um, some of the things that I love about being a four is we're really creative. I'm a hairstylist. I love creating beautiful hair. It's very artistic to me. And that is uh, a work environment that I thrive in because of that. And also because of just deep relationships that I have with people behind the chair has been so, so great, especially being a four, you know, just wanting to like dive deep into emotions. Like how do you feel? All of that stuff is super important to me while I'm creating art. And so I truly feel like it's the best job for me. I just Mm -hmm. love it. And so those kinds of things are really great. I, I, we can notice um, creativity in a lot of different things. And so uh, even just being outside and the colors of the leaves changing really mean a lot to us. And so mm-hmm. um, it's been really just nice to like understand why I'm drawn to these certain things. Um, some drawbacks about being a four is that because we have so many feelings, we can sit and be really melancholy and really sit deep in the feelings for probably longer than we should. Um, but because of Enneagram, I've learned to kind of accept that and then move on and not sit in melancholy for too long. Um, and something else that we can struggle with is just this constant feeling that everyone else is doing something better than we are or that we're missing something or, um, yeah. And so then that can lead into some kind of envy. And so Mm -hmm. to be honest, I really did struggle with that for like the better part of my twenties. And so that was a kind of sucky place to be. But again, thanks to the Instagram now knowing that that's kind of a part of where my personality could go. I've learned to kind of notice that before it gets too bad and just like refute it and speak truth to myself. 
um, as opposed to just sitting in that kind of envious, like vicious cycle of like comparison and thinking that everybody else has it figured out when they don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Okay, so when I was doing research for the Enneagram Type Four, it often talked about like this. It's almost like Enneagram fours kind of feel misfit. Like it kept bringing up that like something's not quite right, but you can't quite pinpoint it. Well, you believe something's not quite right. You know, no one else would say that. So is that like a, is that like a, a, a segmented thing like that happens more for like one aspect of your life, like say your business or your home life, or is that just like running throughout, like kind of everything you do, you kind of feel like there's a little something missing. Oh, I feel that way with everything. I feel that way with mm-hmm. like, with mom life, home life. Am I disciplining my yeah. kids the right way? Am I loving them the right way? Like I'm constantly second guessing almost everything that I'm doing when I'm not in a healthy state, you know, and it's mm-hmm. so true when I'm at work, you know, better hairstylist than me or, um, in on the Instagram, better, you know, content yeah. and, like in every way possible, better marriages, better friendships, mm-hmm. better. Like, I just feel like everybody else has this like one up thing that I don't really know about. That's something I'm just yeah. not, I'm not leveling up. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah, that's not, that's not a fun part of being a four. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not. And it kind of goes back. I feel like every type that I'm learning has like little piece of something, right. That drives them. And, um, Enneagram type ones, they have like this strong inner critic, you know, like that just kind of berates them all day long. Um, but when it comes to Enneagram type fours, like when I started making health recommendations, what I found was that this was like the, the root cause, right. Of all the reasons why you do the things that you do. And so what I was learning was in all these recommendations that I wanted to give, it really boiled down to because Enneagram type fours live out of their emotion, like out of all the Enneagram types, the way that you feel things is on another level that most people would never even let themselves feel. Yeah. And which is super cool. Like I really like it's probably one of my favorite aspects of a four is just this ability to go deep and not be scared of it. You know, Mm -hmm. like I feel like there's so many people who stay surface level, but I love deep people and like deep thinkers. And you can see the world in a new way that many other people wouldn't even allow themselves the space to do it. Um, And you feel the hurt like you're not necessarily scared of the pain of that. But when I was making all these recommendations, it like. I really just kept coming back to this this reality that Enneagram type fours really have to start to learn how to feel the emotions, but not be the emotion. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you can feel all the things, but if you let that be, like kind of how you talked about melancholy. So how do you, like, how have you taken this process of like learning about Enneagram four and recognizing, okay, the, the driving force in my life is emotions, it's feelings. How do I manage, how do you manage that in your day to day? Yeah, it's been so good. I just feel in a way healthier mindset because of the Enneagram because I would just sit in my feelings and let them run so many of my decisions and conversations and reactions and not even understand that why I was doing it or the like how I was doing it. I just like ran with my emotions all the time. And so learning about the Enneagram has really helped me to just kind of um Oh, well, there's this one thing that I saw. It was like, Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It tells you about the box that you're yeah. already in. And I yeah. thought that was so helpful because it's so true. Like, I can automatically revert into, like, sitting in emotions and letting that run all of my decisions. 
Um, Mm -hmm. but because I realized that I can have that and can be a very negative part of my Enneagram for personality type, um, I'm learning a lot this time how to just check myself right away and really understand like, okay, is this really emotionally driven for the facts behind my feelings, you know, Mm -hmm. and also letting myself have the feelings, but also, and, but not living in them. So for instance, I mean, and like you said, we can get really deep here. I haven't talked about this in to like even you I don't think but I am like ready to talk about it I uh found out I was pregnant but then I found out that I wasn't and it was really hard and Mm. this was just recently like sometime in August and so um I am saying that because I felt like I dealt with it in such a healthy way so I found out Mm. bad news at the ultrasound um and the next day I was supposed to go do something with friends and I was like, I need to sit in this because this actually Mm. sucks. And I want to sit in this and allow myself to feel all of the feelings today so I can process this healthily. And I did, I sat all day and I was melancholy, but I knew what I was doing with my kids. I let myself sit and cry whenever I wanted to. I let myself sit and play with my kids whenever I felt led to do that. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, sitting in the, like the pain of it, which I did, but I also was combating that spiritual truth. Like God still loves me. And like, yes, my body is failing in this specific moment, but we are like, we're broken bodies, but God still is here and he is still good. And Mm -hmm. he's still for me even in this. And so mm-hmm. it was a really, it was a really long day, <laughs> but it was, it was, a, it was a super healthy way for me to deal with that. I just felt like that was what I needed. And the next day I was already a, a step ahead that I would have been if I would have just suppressed the feelings or tried not to deal with them or just let myself live in this like melancholy state. Like I allowed myself to do that. I gave myself a day I canceled my plans. I cleared the schedule. I did what I needed to do for like my mental and spiritual and emotional health. And I was ready to like face the next day. Yeah. Whereas if I wouldn't have done that, I don't think I would have dealt with it healthily. And I really have any kind of thing for that. Mm -hmm. I just like, I am going to be melancholy all day today and I'm not going to feel bad about it. But then I'm going to like put on my big girl pants next week and like, you know, face the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that is so healthy. And this is why I love this stuff so much because I feel like in in general, right? When we just lump everyone together, it's kind of like, well, don't don't feel melancholy because that's not okay, right? Like basically, like take the feelings out of the feeler, and that's not healthy either. Like that's more unhealthy because then you're still feeling them and you're chasing them. So like this is exactly how powerful the enneagram can be, and I think that example is so perfect because, like you said, it's not. And and all these recommendations, it's not about taking the feeler out of you. Mm-hmm. It's about how do we not become that, right? Like feeling it and using it yeah. um, or letting it go, you know? And and then still like still choosing, like you said, to get put your big girl pants on the next day and go back into it, you know? Yeah. Like I think that we can't like – I, I want to know your opinion about this because – Fours are the biggest feelers. And so when we just start telling people, oh, just have more joy or just be happier, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean to you? Like, what like what does that do for you? Yeah, I mean, I I have a little bit of a problem with that totally. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a part of conversations definitely with my husband. You know, he's, he 
we have this like thing that we say in arguments. He's like, turn the page, Jasmine. And I'm like, but Adam, <laughs> we have to read the page before we turn the page. <laughs> what number is he, by the way? He's totally a three, like a hard oh, okay. three. Okay, yeah. Yes. Which I'm That's a famous three. Story. And so we, we hustle together. So it's pretty cool. Like yeah. I can get his drive, but we just have very different motivations. And so um, <laughs> we, it, it has been, Enneagram has been great for us too, just to kind of balance each other out. Cause threes literally like have feelings, but totally suppress them way down. And I'm like, come on now, yeah. come on now feelings. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in marriage and relationships, yeah. Hearing that is, um, it's not really fun. And also just like, you know, even, you know, and I don't know if I'm going a little too deep with this, but kind of in, in the spiritual aspect, a lot of people, you know, like Christian brothers and sisters are kind of like, oh, joy, and like God is so good. And, you know, we should mm-hmm. rejoice. And that is all so true. But there's also like a whole book in the Bible called Lamentation for people, lament. Yeah, you know, and it's in a lot of the Psalms, like lamenting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a part of the process. Like, these feelings that I have, like God understands them. He gave them to me. There's a time and a place. I mean, Ecclesiastes, the Psalms, the Proverbs, they all talk about, you know, there are times to lament and to sit in the pain and suffering and sorrow of this world, because that's just an unfortunate part of what we have. And so um, I just feel like it's important to acknowledge those feelings, but also not to live in them and let them define you and let them rule over you is a really important part of being a healthy four. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely don't love to feel like I have to negate my feelings to get to that point. Cause I, I like to walk through them, not around. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important for me. And I think it's something that fours can bring out in a lot of people since we kind of are the biggest feelers. I think, you know, a lot of the numbers on the Enneagram don't kind of give the weight as they should maybe to kind of process things. And so I kind of think that's where we come into play Yeah, <laughs> to kind of bring that out in other, in other parts of the Enneagram for sure. Yeah. And honestly, like emotionally speaking, what we know about Enneagram fours is they're actually some of our healthiest mentally. Um, and mm. I think that's so cool. And I think that we can, like you said, learn from an Enneagram four because you're sharing your feelings. Like you're allow you're allowing yourself to go to those places that true healing happens. And once you get yourself in health of doing that, of like feeling that, but not like attaching to that feeling, mm-hmm. I think that is like the epitome of what mental and spiritual health looks like. And like you said, we could all take a lesson from from Enneagram type fours. And I think it is fascinating to note that there is that level of deepness that is required in all healing, like whether physically Mm -hmm. or mentally or spiritually or emotionally, like we have to allow ourselves to go there and feel those things. And so many other people resist that feeling. Um, And so many other types resist that on some level and Enneagram fours just go there. Right. And, and, and what I think is also awesome is that most Enneagram fours take people there too. Like you're not scared to take people there or to uh, walk people there. Um, and -hmm. what we know about Enneagram type fours is you're one of the least judgmental of all Enneagram types, which is super fascinating because you're also one of the most envious, but least judgmental. Like Mm -hmm. I would have never put those two together. But you're not envious necessarily. Uh, in my understanding, you correct me. You're not envious like you want to bring other people down. You're just envious because no. you, you want to fill something that you feel like is not there. Correct? Yeah. yeah like it's a yeah. different type of It's a feeling that we have like a lack of. Yeah. Like, 
and we're obvious that people don't like in, in, in that's what we see. Yeah. Yeah. In our own minds. Yes, totally. Yeah. But yeah, I, I love that part about what you're saying, like not being judgmental because it is, it has been, it is one of those things where I love to sit and listen to people and like, let's sit in that moment with them. Yeah. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. that totally sucks. I'm here with you. And I feel that with you. Um, and just in that for a second with, because I think it's important for sure. Yeah. Acknowledge those feelings. I, yeah. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's awesome. And, um, if you're listening and you're not an Enneagram type four, Enneagram type fours are great people to open up to. <laughs> yes. It's it's for real. Like it is, a, it is a gift of an Enneagram type four. Um, and so if you have those in your life, those are seriously great people to just kind of like share it all. Okay. So one of the things about, I'm an Enneagram type two and we're, we're on the feeler triad too. It's, um, twos, threes, and fours are the biggest feelers on the Enneagram. Twos though, mm-hmm. we like to carry other people's feelings. Fours, you don't really do that though. Do you, do you feel like you carry other people's feelings? No. You can feel with them, but you don't feel the need to, to like do something like fix it, which makes Enneagram type fours great people to talk to you because they really are just people who will walk, walk with you and not try to, you know, carry what isn't theirs to carry. But do you feel like you, I mean, you talk to a lot of people. Do you feel like you carry their weight? Or are you pretty able to? I mean, I will like, I, I definitely like grieve with people in the moment. For yeah. sure. You know, whenever I'm in that moment, talking to them and at the end of my day, sometimes if it was a heavy day at work, just, um, talking, there's a lot of heavy stuff going on at work with my clients mm-hmm. or my coworkers. Yeah. Like I'll come down feeling kind of emotionally drained, you know? And, but I wouldn't say that that kind of like fuels any kind of like, um, you know, like I will check in with them and find out how things are going, but I wouldn't say that that like drives me like deeper than what it is in that moment. If yeah. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So I want to like shift this conversation a little bit and talk more specifically just about health in general. And obviously this whole series is kind of give like practical health tips for each Enneagram because we all work differently and think about things differently. So I want you, again, when I'm not the Enneagram, you know, of that person, it's hard for me to be like, okay, yeah, this is really for them. You know, like I I try, um, I do a lot of research, but like, I just want to make sure I'm hitting these home. And I want a real Enneagram for to expand (laughs) on what I'm saying so that it really does apply on a new level. So my whole thing with health for an Enneagram for was that based on how you feel, like, I wonder what would happen because I feel like a lot of type fours probably this is my assumptions based on my research you eat and you exercise or you don't exercise or you you do all of these things in life just based on how you feel yeah and so 100%. my my switch is not to take the feeler out of that because that that can be so vital right like that is so good so instead I want you to do things and start living in a way that makes you feel good so it's not like you're yeah. taking the feeler out, but how can you do more of what makes you feel good? How do you feel about that mindset switch? <laughs> Is it realistic? <laughs> yeah, it's so great. And I um, this will be really good for me because I feel like, um, oh man, we should go back and count how many times we use the word feel or feeling in this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, um, no, that would be, that's such a great mindset because it is so driven. I mean, I'm in a stage right now where um, I, I feel like I'm more working on like mental and spiritual and emotional health, mm-hmm. but definitely lacking in physical health. And I know that that plays a part in, in my overall well being for sure. But it's, it's so true. I'm kind of like, well, I don't feel like working out, mm-hmm. but I know it would make me feel good. Right. <laughs> and so that is, that is a good mindset to just kind of think about, um, you know, doing things that help you feel good as opposed to what we feel like doing, mm-hmm. you know, it's, there's a total difference there. And I like that mind shift. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. But I think it is like, uh, I think there, I mean, obviously any change takes work, right? Because I think as an Enneagram type four, it's easy to use food as distraction and also sometimes to fill that void that's missing. You know, I think on some level, all Enneagram types use food as a, a mechanism to pacify something, whatever it is that they they suffer with. And for type fours, what I realized was that maybe it was just to fill that missing void, you know, like try to pacify that. Um, you tend to be yeah. like socialites, you know, like so you do things in the moment. Sometimes, you know, like you'll do the quick fix. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm so guilty of all of that. Just, yeah. Just very <laughs> in the moment. So Jasmine knows me. Yes. I talk all the time about my ideas. So this is why I'm like doing it this way today is just like running these ideas by you. But what would change? Like if you stopped looking at exercise or you stopped looking at what you're eating as just another thing you have to do, because I feel like that's doing things for an Enneagram type four can be really great. Like creating a to-do list can be really great for an Enneagram type four. But what if Mm -hmm. we stopped making this just like a separate aspect of your life based on how you feel, right? And instead you just started looking at that as a place to fill yourself, like as a place to just feel good. Like every, like if you work out or if you don't work out, like you're doing it because you just want to feel good. Like, does that change anything in your mind? Like, does that stir anything new? It totally does. And I'm, this is like coming off at a great time just because I have been thinking so much about like the, the working out aspect of my like mm-hmm. feeling good and doing what is like good for me because, um, yeah, it's been one of those things where, yeah. And food too, it just like it, there's so many emotions attached to it. You know, mm-hmm. I like look at working out and, you know, I'm like, I don't feel like doing it because I'm too busy or yeah whatever. But at the same time, if I flipped my mindset and just like, did it not, not to not a, not for anyone else, that's for sure. Because mm-hmm. that does not work. For right. Me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, um, like taking that off the table and then, you know, not doing it because it's just like the right thing to do, but doing it because like, it would be better for, for my emotion, my overall health mm-hmm. and having that switch, like it's good for me is totally helpful. Mm-hmm. It, it is something that I am going to start practicing after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think too, like, I, I feel like this, this idea with the diet industry, like follow this diet and this rigid structure or like, you know, exercise, like I'm following some Instagram exercise influencers or whatever you want to call them. And Mm -hmm. I thought it was a really great idea at first. And then I realized, I'm like, you know, the reasons why we're told to exercise is just such 
a far-reaching thing from what most people would actually desire in their life. And so it's such a short-lived and unhealthy thing. Like my whole thing is if, if this isn't something that you enjoy, if this is just another stress in your life, like it's no better than just not doing it, right? Like in some cases, I think it's worse. Like if you're just stressed about it and um, it causes anxiety and like you feel like you're not enough, like don't do it because you're making your life worse and more miserable, right? Like that's not healthy either. So when it comes to exercise, I kind of talked about like what happens with a four if they use exercise as space to think, to go to those deep places, to be alone in their thoughts and kind of let yourself feel them while you're moving your body. Like from the research that I did on Enneagram type fours, like there, there's this, there's this drive to helping Enneagram type four fours actually live healthy by being active. Yes. Yes. Very much. So. And instead of just doing that, because I think that can become a very envious thing. Again, another thing that you look at other people and think, wow, they really got it together. So what yep. happens if you like switch that mindset and you start leveraging, like, what are some things that you could like in your, this might be like a complex question, but in your Enneagram type, like what are some strengths that you feel like you could leverage to exercise, to work out or to eat healthy, like to just be healthy? Yeah. Well, I feel like I have to mention just how important to fours it is to get outside. Um, mm, there, yeah. It is so vital to us. We just see so much beauty out mm-hmm. in nature and in like God's creation and being outside in elements is so healthy for us, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally and mm. spiritually. Um, so for me, uh, having that double um, sort of, I don't know, double win by being able to move my body outside is where I thrive when I'm in a very healthy physical mindset. I used to love bike riding. I still do. Mm, it's like a yes. thing now, but bike riding for me was when I felt so healthy because I was able to do it outside. I was able to get out, breathe fresh air, look at, you know, the trees and the landscape. Um, Iowa is really pretty farm fields. Yeah. And so just being able to ride through that and get outside and clear my head, not even listening to music, um, it's just so, so good for a mm-hmm. four getting outside mm-hmm. and also moving. And so, mm-hmm. um, that is where a place where I have thrived before, um, been like, a it hasn't been lately for me, just the time thing, or maybe who knows the other underlying issues there, but yeah, mm-hmm. moving our bodies outside is so, so great for a four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the nature aspect of that like you said, it's just so healing in so many different ways. And I think really when it comes to health, I think that it's less about what we're doing. And I think it's more about just the mindset behind what we do do, you know, like even taking a, like parking in the parking lot and like enjoying your walk into work. Yeah. We didn't use to exercise all the time, right? Like we just made it a part (laughs) of our everyday life and we did it to enjoy it. And I think there's so much value in there. I'm not diminishing that there's value in strength training and all those things, but I feel like just on a level of health of like really just coming to a place to know yourself and to deal with some of these emotional things and the mindset hurdles. And like you said, we have to heal all those things really before our physical health comes. Like that's, that's kind of a last, that's like the last tier. Right. Um, and I think that there's a level of like finding things that you enjoy. And I really appreciate that 
with you is just finding this joy and like doing you, you know, like you, you do you and you do it really well. Um, and I really do appreciate that about you. Okay. So when we talk about like some healthy habits and lifestyle rhythms, I know you've done a lot over the last few years. Like what have you done? It doesn't have to be just specifically like diet and exercise related, but like anything in your life that you feel like has really helped you out as an Enneagram type four. Well, um, just, I've been doing a lot of research about just what I can do when I go grocery shopping. And mm, so mm-hmm. I don't know if this is super specific to an Enneagram for, but something that I've been doing to help my overall lifestyle, just being a little bit more picky about what groceries I purchase. Yeah. And so, um, like if I'm going to buy something packaged, I really read the ingredients, especially when mm, it's for my kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, um, that's something that has really helped over the last year, just getting to know the ingredients and the things that I'm buying for my house. And it's something that I didn't, that I don't have to, I already have to go to the grocery store, right? It's like, right. I have to go to the grocery store. I have to buy food. So that to me was something really actually pretty easy for me to switch because it was something that I was already doing. I was just making better choices when I did it. And so that has really helped like our overall family lifestyle in the last year is just being really, you know, kind of picky about what, what we buy to bring into the home. But then also when we go out and socialize and it's not in my control, I don't freak out about it and just let go of it because um, that was something that I used to do a lot. I mean, I remember going to a friend's house and not being, not eating something because it didn't fit in my diet. And I just felt like, afterwards so bonehead because my yeah. friend was cooking a meal and I declined it because I thought that was going to be healthier when really it was more damaging to the relationship than anything and so mm-hmm. like realizing at the like what's most important to me you know like mm-hmm. relationships are super super important so I'm not going to really let anything kind of trump that you know mm-hmm. when it comes to food or when it comes to anything like the, the relationships in my life matter the most. And so mm-hmm. anyway, that's something um, that's been pretty healthy that I've done in the last year. That's been a really good and easy switch for us to do. Um, yeah. I yeah. feel like it fits because um, some of the things that I had added was like meal planning and meal prep, like making a game plan, knowing what you're going to buy for some I think because you go when you're healthy to a healthy two, right? That's what you said. Actually, it's a healthy one, which is healthy one. super yes. helpful because I have a really good friend who's a one and she's so, the girl gets stuff done. Like yeah. I am amazed at how much she gets stuff done in a day because she's just so efficient with her tasks. And I'm like so drawn to her and like want to be her. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what I go to when I'm healthy. And so I have been creating more, I've kind of been making more rituals of Monday is my day to go to the store and meal prep for the week. And so today I feel great because I did that. I went yeah. to Costco and um, also I've been working on efficiencies like having um, Instacart subscription. And because I'm a working mom, and I value my time with people. I don't want to spend time, so much time at the grocery store. Okay? I have to go to Costco because they don't do delivery, but anywhere yeah. else that does delivery, like 
sign me up for that. I would rather do that and then have a conversation with the person who delivers my groceries and get to know them rather than like the rat race at the store. And so then I just have more time with people that way. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, the, the list and the meal planning has been a game changer for us just being like, just feeling more ready for the week. And so yes. that task orientedness of ones is crucial for my health. <laughs> yes. And that's what a healthy one is like lists and planning and rituals and routines. Like they're super effective because they have those mechanisms in place. And so I love that you said that because that really is what a healthy four looks like. Um, yeah is doing more of those things and it can help create more order even to, I think how you feel. Like you said, I think that there's a level of like chaos that can occur. Like when your feelings seem all out of whack and your environment does, you know, I think that adds feeds into those maybe like melancholy feelings for sure. And it's easier to let things go when you feel like there's control or progress maybe in other things. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I do feel, I feel a lot more centered when, um, when my week starts with, yeah, like checking those things off the list. I had a list this morning and I checked like five of the six things off and that felt so good. And then in that same token, um, I spent a lot of time with my kids today, which is Mm -hmm. super valuable to me, um, as a four, just spending one-on-one time with them and having conversations with them and eating together at the dinner table and talking about what our week is going to look like all of those things really feel for me to have a better week and learn not to feel, um, kind of like have that unapologetically, you know, and like saying, no, this is what I need. I need time with my family and I need to feel, you know, accomplished in a few things that I can control. Like I, yeah, I can control making time to go to the grocery store and feeling ready for the week. And also mm-hmm. spending time with kids. And that, those are good things. Yes. And I love how you said space and having time for family because I think that that was another really important thing that I added to the list is that because you're so relational and you're so people-oriented and you're such deep feelers, you do need space to just let yourself feel um, outside of everyone else's opinions. And so that's super important for a four, too, is just creating those boundaries um, and mm-hmm. that space to to be healthy, you know, like to to feel those things and then also learn how to not become those feelings. So yeah, my totally. last question is, how would you like to encourage other Enneagram 4s who are on this journey, maybe just learning they are a 4? What encouragement do you have for other 4s? Oh, that's good. Um, I mean, I definitely don't feel like an expert in the field, but things that have worked for me is, are uh just embracing our fullness and not feeling bad about it <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. so yes. that was really huge for me because there's this underlying thing of you know never feeling understood but still wanting to be understood and I feel mm. like the ending really helped to open my eyes to see that those are the things that I was wrestling with before I had a chance to even understand what was happening. And so it was very eye-opening to understand the Enneagram and understand that I was a four. Um, and then also I was just learning to just, like we talked about, just allowing myself to feel, but then not living in it. And I feel like mm-hmm. because I'm doing a better job of acknowledging those feelings, 
then I can walk through them and then not live them. And so that's just been super great. And also just for health purposes, getting outside makes a huge difference in for me. Like even today, just taking a walk after dinner, walking around yeah. the block just feels so good. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, embrace the uh healthy aspects of being a one. Find yourself a good one that you love and enjoy being around because this girl means so much to me. I don't even know if she knows it, but I admire her. I love watching her, what what she's doing. And that's been so instrumental for me to just kind of like, I do, but not, I never feel envious of her because she's my friend and yeah. I love her dearly. And I just love how she attacks life and it's good for me. It's good for me mm-hmm. to see her and be a part and have her be a part of my life and have her inspire me. And, um, yeah, and like creating boundaries and routines are essential. I read somewhere today that said if you don't give your time, your body time to rest, something along the lines that it will, it will find a time for you and force you to rest. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I really went through for a couple of years, a season where I would just literally crash for a day. Mm. I was out. I could not do anything. It was like I had a 24-hour flu, except with no symptoms other than extreme exhaustion. And I just slept the entire day. And it would Mm -hmm. wipe me out. And I didn't understand it for some time. And then I realized I was just going way too hard and never finding time to rest. And so in the process of, like, also understanding and just what like how God designed a day to rest and how important that is for us like he gives us that as a gift just understanding it and really like taking that gift and just and and worshiping him in that day and not doing anything else and just doing the things that like fill your cup like worship and family time and rest time those are all things that have been really important to me the last year Mm -hmm. in this in this journey of understanding my Instagram for and you know, knock on wood, I haven't had a day like that where I've just like, my body has shut down like that. And I think that's a victory for me because it used to plague me and I didn't understand it before. And so, yeah, yeah, that's all I got for that. See all the wins you have. See all the wins you have. You're doing so good. Yeah. So so I know where to go. (laughs) I, hey, that's life though, right? Like, I feel like as long, I keep telling people this, but I'm like, when we stop growing, we stop living, you know, like in some way, like everyone wants to arrive somewhere, but there's no life there when you arrive, right? Like it's all the journey, Um, even though that's hard, but contentment, like it keeps coming up, contentment, contentment, contentment. Um, Anyways, I know I said that was the last question, but really quickly, how can other types, like other people encourage a four? Ooh, a good like how question. are you encouraged by other people or motivated or like feel appreciated? Yeah. I mean, like celebrating our uniqueness is kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We like that. <laughs> we don't like our feelings to be crushed or um, demolished by any means, but yeah, asking us how we're feeling, how we're doing, how we're growing is, um, I mean, yeah, we, we like to talk about that stuff. So, um, that for sure is helpful. And like, we feel loved that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jasmine, this is so good. I seriously love Enneagram type fours. Maybe my oh. favorite type on the Enneagram. Um, I just love deep people though. So like the the deep, the raw, the vulnerable, like that, I just eat that up. Um, and so yes. I so appreciate that. So thank you so much for being vulnerable here and sharing and honest. I could have talked to you for a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> Same, but sister. <laughs> we'll save it. Okay, before we go, I just have a few quick fire questions. Okay, cool. What is one thing you do every day to like honor or respect or nourish your Enneagram type? Um, well, oh shoot, this is too deep because we're too deep for a simple <laughs> question. <laughs> you can go deep. Oh, You're allowed. You're allowed. <laughs> Um, yeah, celebrating emotions, celebrating people and relationships is super important to Enneagram for. So at the end of the day, if I feel like my relationships were nourished, um, that's a good day for me for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when you sit down in that, when you have people sit down in your chair and you think like they left, I think you put this in a post and I loved it. This is what I love about Enneagram type fours. Like if they leave feeling better than when they came, like you won. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That's that. so good. Yeah, so good. For okay, sure. what's one of your favorite health books or just books in general that has helped you grow? Um, health books or any book. Like it doesn't have to be specifically health. Um, any kind of book that you really felt like I I recommend this to other people. Okay. Um the the first book that comes to mind when you say that is called Crazy Busy, and I can't remember who the author is. Um. Maybe you can reference this later yeah, on your podcast, sure. like at the bottom. But um, yeah, that book, I I remember reading it when I was brushing my teeth one day because it was so good. I couldn't even put it down. I think I read it in about two or three days. Oh, and it totally changed my mindset on just how, I don't even think he came up with a super surefire solution, but it just brought awareness mm-hmm. to just how busy we are and how much we need to just take time to just sit back and chill and like mm-hmm. not be doing all the things all the time. So I think that was that I read that book before Enneagram four, but now that we were talking about it, I didn't realize how important that book was until right now. And so like my journey into stop being so crazy busy all the time. It was so good. What is one food you couldn't live without? One food that I could not live without. Can it be like a meal? Yes. You can say a meal. Rice and beans. Mm. It is like literally my blood type. I'm Puerto Rican. It is a hundred percent comfort food. It is something that I've had in every single one of my Puerto Rican aunts and uncles and grandparents' home. I remember eating it with um, my grandparents in the summer times in Puerto Rico for lunch. Um, it's at every family function. Pretty much, <laughs> I could not live without my rice and beans. <laughs> Don't you just love what food can mean? Like how it can just pull oh, yeah. people together and the nostalgia and like the feelings that you can get when you eat it. Like I just love that about food. But you probably make oh, rice and beans. Gosh. I mean, like there's secrets to how you do this well. So what's in rice and beans that you make? Well, I mean, the rice is, the rice is just white rice, which actually, oh, that Costco today. And I was like, maybe I should get organic Brown rice. Okay, white rice that. is actually think... nutritionally probably better than brown rice. So, Ooh, oh my gosh, I love that you said that because I don't yeah. really like brown rice. 
Yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. Don't worry about awesome. eating it. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Um, and then the beans, I mean, there's like, you can doctor up red beans, red kidney beans or black beans, um, a few different ways, but for sure, like fresh garlic is in both of those, but the red beans are more of a, like I add a little bit of tomato sauce, lots of secret Puerto Rican seasoning. Yeah. Right. It's Um, all in the seasoning. For sure. I love how you're like secretive about it. Sometime when I come in, I'm going to be like, hey, by the way, bring me some leftover rice and beans so I can try this. (laughs) I love it. My uh, nanny for the summer was like, hey, for my wedding, can you, or my bridal shower, can you give me the recipe for your rice and beans? (laughs) That's awesome. It's It's one of my favorites. Oh, so good. I I love that about when people say stuff that like actually has meaning, but totally an Enneagram type four is going to bring up a food that has all the feels. <laughs> oh my gosh. Totally. Yes. <laughs> okay. And the last question is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I've mm-hmm. ever received. You know, it goes back to my dad when I was a kid and I I already mentioned this in this podcast. Um, but he told me, I don't know if I was in high school yet or not, but he always said relationships are the most important thing. Mm. Relationships are the most important thing. And Mm. like, my dad knows nothing about the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So for him to say that, and also it to be my, for that to stand out to me so much as an Enneagram for, I think just says a lot because it just resonated with me. Like you could have career success, you could have financial success, you could have so many things, but like, I feel like our legacy is our relationships and who we are to others. Like Mm -hmm. that is what people talk about, like after you're gone, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just the most important. What he said to me is like totally transcending into my life now. And I just, Mm. I love the relationships that I have with people and Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, super important to me. Yeah, yeah. That's so good, Jasmine. You have been a gift to me and a gift to everyone who's been listening. So thank you so much for sharing everything. And like I said, opening up and just being here, being willing to be on the show. So I can't thank you enough for that. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Isn't she wise? I mean, I just love every opportunity I get to sit with her and to go to these places because Type fours, you feel in a way that most other people don't feel, and you're unafraid to go to those places. So I think that there's so much bravery that comes with an Enneagram four and so much beauty because of that. So I hope this was encouraging for you, all of the Enneagram type fours. And if you're not, it helps you to understand how they work and how you can be an encouragement to them. Because what I know, we all work a little bit different. And it's finding ways that we can bless and care for other people. And that really is what's going to make a difference. So again, if you want more information about an Enneagram Type 4, don't forget to listen to episode number 187. And also head on over to the blog where I give that free download on how to create nourishing rhythms. I give you more details into some self-care practices, creating a morning mantra, kind of changing your beliefs about yourself so you can start to see that you are not your feelings. You are outside of them. And while you can feel them, they don't have to control you, but also that you as you are are enough, that there's nothing missing. And I think that takes just recognizing who you are, who you are in Christ, 
Okay, that is it for today. Next week, of course, we're diving into Enneagram Type 5. So stay tuned for that. We have deep feelers today. Next week, we have deep thinkers. I can't wait to dive into Enneagram Type 5. I'll see you back here next time.